Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the 85th edition of Cinema Effect. I'm Zach, and I'm joined by my fellow Hans Zimmer appreciator, Jaden. Hello. And our local ASMR enthusiast, a.k.a. Fitzy, a.k.a. Liam. Hello. What's up? Not much. Not much. I mean, we're going to talk about some movies, though. It's, cra- it's I'm really excited well, about it well, because yeah. this is Cinema Effect, the podcast where we review and talk about a different movie every single Monday. And this week, that movie is Edge of Tomorrow, which opened in the US on the 6th of June, 2014. It was directed by Doug Lyman, my favorite filmmaker. It is an action sci-fi and film. And the synopsis says, a soldier fighting aliens gets to relive the same day over and over again, the day restarting every time he dies. Indeed. All right, Edge of Tomorrow. We've all seen it before. This was a fun rewatch. I haven't seen it since I actually watched it in the theatre in 2014. Uh, which I remember somehow, but I did. I haven't seen it since, and I want to start with you, Fitzy. Yeah, I think it's a fun, really fun film. It uses the Groundhog Day concept in like fun video gamey way. Must progress to the next level, and everything. That's a good um, way to put it. Yeah, yeah. I think it, like once he loses his powers, it gets less interesting. But apart from that, like I think the first half is really. Great. Really fun. Yeah. What about you, Jaden? No, I, I, I agree. You know, I think it's en- endlessly entertaining. You know, it dances around the edge of genericness without ever really falling into it. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Some, sometimes it's like some of the soldier jargon and some of like those relationships get a bit dull, but like, um, uh, like, you know, it's a kind of minor part of the thing. But like, um, no, for the most part, I think it's a pretty solid film. They've changed the movie's title so many times because, you know, it was the whole ordeal with them on DVD changing it to Live, Die, Repeat as the name of the movie and all that stuff. But they, they could have just called it Edge of Genericness, you know? That would have been good. Um, I like this movie. I really do. Uh, the movie really makes the most of its concept and tries to be creative with it and use it as many ways as it can, and I really respect that about it. Um, in terms of I, I feel like Hollywood – original sci-fi films like like this. I feel like when you look at this film on paper, when you if you were to watch a trailer, I could see this getting a lot of eye rolls, you know. Um, but this one really I think I think it really delivers in what it's going for. And I dig it. You know what you're getting into for the most part, you know, but it's a pretty breezy runtime and it's creative, it's solid. I've got, you know, it's it, there's not much more I could want from this, I don't think. Where else to start but with our, of course, our view driver for Tom Cruise. And uh, in this week's edition of how is this Tom Cruise performance different from every other Tom Cruise performance, I've got to say, I don't know how you guys feel about this. I was actually kind of impressed. I forgot this about the movie, totally, that he's like a coward in this movie and that's sort of his arc is that he's just a regular dude. who has. He oh. said he has a marketing firm and he just... He doesn't want to be there, and I actually kind of like that. I wasn't expecting it. And his arc from going from that to like a believable action hero like made sense, and it was cool that he basically got to that point just through like living the same day millions of times. It's sort of vague how long he's actually doing it, which I like as well. So he's just through pure repetition of having to be on the beach and fight and shit, he becomes adequate as a soldier which obviously makes a ton of sense. But I don't know, did you guys like Tom Cruise in the movie? I, I mean, his performance is, it's, you know, it's Tom Cruise. Like, he's good, but I, I just more appreciated that aspect of the character, you know? Yeah. No, it's, there's a um, difference. But yeah. yeah. yeah it, it's hard to buy into him as, like, the reluctant hero, though, you know? You've seen him in so much. Mm, that's know? true, actually. Yeah. So, like, it, it's, he's at a point in his career where he can't really play that role, you know? That's that's a fair point. That's a fair point because yeah, well, when he's like talking to Brendan Gleeson and he's like, "No, no, no, I'm not doing this. I'm sorry, like, but we know you're going to, right? Yeah. Like you're Tom Cruise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's fair. That's you're fair. gonna hop out there. You're gonna kick ass. You know, you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, no, no, he's good. He's good. And then you got bloody. I mean, I thought Brendan Gleeson showing up was fun in the movie. I liked mm. him a lot. I always forget about him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I like the opening of the film quite a bit. 
I mean, I feel like it's sort of it's on the template, you know, that they they sort of movies have to open with the exposition, like newsreels, you know. Um, but I quite I don't know I quite like it. It's pretty efficient. I feel like it. I feel like it's self aware enough that like we're going to do this part just to explain everything we need to explain and get out of here quick. It's like a minute long, you know, and it's like. I don't know. I kind of liked it, and I like the fact they didn't actually reveal the uh, the what are they called? The mimics? Is that what they're called? The aliens? Mm. I like how they didn't reveal their designs right away. They sort of seemed to be sort of a mysterious thing for the humans, and the fact that it had. I think they 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 came on the comet five. That here it says five years before this point, right? So it's not like this big. I think that's what they say. And then they, so they only have. I, I kind of like. It's like a little minor world thing, but I kind of like that they only have one invasion force, and they landed five years ago, as opposed to like something like the War of the Worlds, where it's like all the aliens turn up one day, and it's just it's over. You know, like this is a full on invasion. I sort of like that they just send like one army, and like plop them in the middle of Europe, and then they the humans sort of have to. It's like turns into a world war essentially, you know. It's not just like some invasion that's all over from the start, you know. Yeah, the fact that the aliens are actually killable, you know, and they're not like a super being. It's you know, and it, it adds a thing to you know, it. Becomes more of a war film than it does kind of like a kind of traditional sci-fi film in that kind of invasion aspect that you're talking. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You're spot on. Did you like the alien designs, Jaden? Yeah, big old GDT was a uh, help design them. Who? Oh, yeah, did he? The tour, yeah. He helped design these aliens. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can actually sort of. I feel like I can sort of see that actually yeah. a little bit. That's cool. Yeah, you know, I quite I quite like them too. I didn't know that. That's a good little bit of trivia. I've got to say that I really like the beach scene a lot, and obviously we we the whole thing is that we come back there a lot. But just like the look of that scene, the first time, just specifically for the moment, thinking about the first time it happens. Um, when Tom Cruise is shitting himself, there's the really cool one shot of him falling out of the plane, landing on the beach. I just, I just really love the aesthetic of it. I think all the metal suits and the sweeping shots, the long shots, the warships in the background, the crazy like there's always in the background crazy middle, uh, middle missile like missiles going everywhere all the time, and like all the crazy missile patterns everywhere in the sky. It makes it feel like you know, like a modern D-Day, I think. And I think I feel like that's what they're going for. But They call it D-Day. D-Day? What did mm. I say? No, like they call it D-Day in the film. Oh, in the movie. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess they do. That's true. Um, but, yeah, so that's clearly what they're going for. I feel like the aesthetic of that scene is really, really strong, actually. I feel like it really stands up. It's better um, than Saving Private Ryan's uh, beach scene. Whoa. That's whoa. shit. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far, but I, I did. I did really like it a lot. I don't know. Yeah, it was. It was cool to sort of. I, I don't know. Did you? Did you like it, Fitzy? It felt very World War Two to me, which is, I feel like, a cool thing to go for when you're talking about making a 2020 sci-fi movie. Because the movie's set in 2020, by the way. Didn't we do that for a question of the week where I was like, movie set in the future? Mm. It came out. Of the, oh, that's already passed. Yeah, I think. Oh, anyway, I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry, Fitzy. Yeah, I like it. I mean, it's a good, just like small setting, like going up the hill or whatever, like that kind of, you know, yeah. that's a good battle scene, I guess. I like battle setting. Yeah, 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 that's true. And I, I mean, I just guess outside of just the aesthetic, I feel like that scene has, there's a lot going on in every frame, no no joke intended, in a really good way. Like there's, it adds a lot of scope and scale to the chaos. Like it feels when I'm on that in that the first time with Tom Cruise there, like I sort of feel like I'm in his shoes where this is, this is out of control. Like this is just chaos, and I feel like the movie does a good job at getting there with that. In terms of though, he uh, he, he he bloody gets the alien alpha blood all over him, and uh, that's how the gimmick of the movie begins. And I really, this is obviously the the entire movie's premise, and I really like how it's done. Pretty much the entire time, I think it really delivers the progression of how he approaches each new day is really entertaining at all times. It's and it's really important that they get that right in a film like this, you know. And 
I think I, I was thinking about it compared to like I don't know. I've seen was it Palm Springs was like this too. Sort of had a similar gimmick, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Yeah. Compared to other movies, you know, like I like Palm Springs a lot, but compared to like Palm Springs and I don't know, obviously Groundhog Day. I think what makes this movie great is the fact that the reset occurs upon death, which isn't the case in those movies, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. That their whole thing is that the day restarts every time once you know you hit midnight. No, the, I think Palm Springs they die. Do they die? And that it's, restarts the day? Oh, well, there's that guy that hunts him. Yeah. Same with Groundhog Day. The day resets when he dies. Oh you're right. Oh you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so no, you know, I'm totally misremembering that. But I guess I mean the fact that they can't let this day end, you know? Like the fact that he has oh, to yeah. they yeah, have to keep killing his, him. His power. Mm. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um I guess that's what more what I mean. Either way, I think I think that really makes it creative and forces them to do more interesting stuff with it, you know? Like every time like we get that little sequence where like Emily Blunt has to keep shooting him over and over again, like that's that's good use of it, you know, and it leads to tons of just really funny, well-paced moments. Like every time, like when he like rolls under the truck, he gets hit by the truck. Mm. That's good. Mm. That's good. And then he has to do it again. Um, when he saves the the fat dude, like when he pushes him out of the way, but then gets hit himself. You know, there's plenty of like there's plenty of little moments in the movie, probably way more than that, where it's like wow. This is really using its premise well. And then outside of just like dumb moments like that, the way that you never know how much, how many times he's done something, like you're not, it's, the movie isn't structured in a way where you're with him in every moment because there's clearly time passing between every attempt. And that comes when we get that really good little twist when they're in the barn and they're looking for the keys to the chopper and like, Cage ends up admitting that they've done this hundreds of times. They've gotten to this point and he can't get Emily Blunt past the chopper part, which I thought was really neat because in terms of before he says that, you think, oh, they've never been here before. So I feel like that's that's another example of it, you know, just it was good, you know. I liked it. <laughs> I don't know. Was there anything, any particular moments that you thought – the gimmick was used really well. I think the way they, they developed the love story is interesting in here because, you know, like he's obviously getting to know her over, you know, who, who knows how many days and he, you know, he gradually falls in love, but she only ever knows him for a day. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's this kind of one-sided thing, but, like, it's uh, I think it's interesting in that kind of the way it's used there, the way they develop that relationship. I think you're spot on. That's a great point because then there's that, the whole conversation they have in the car where – I think he asks, like, what's your middle name? And, you know, like, us, it tries to get to know her. That's, yeah, that, that the power dynamic in that conversation is so messed up mm. because uh. she's got no idea what she said before. And Tom Cruise, is like, probably knows everything about her at that point. That's like, but I, I do, I do like that aspect of it. And the movie actually, it has a little, a few little moments where I think it's like halfway through where, like, Tom Cruise is training, but, and they're going through attempt after attempt on the beach. And I like how they have to like plan their attack every time, which by the way, that must be pretty funny. Like every time he has to go and like re-explain the situation to Emily Blunt every single time. But then he obviously must get better at it. He must like eventually know exactly what's going to convince her immediately, you know, um, that, which is, which is cool. But every time they have to redo the beach, the movie has a little moment where it sort of focuses on him being quite distraught over seeing her corpses over and over again where uh, I think it's like only 30 seconds. The camera sort of really focuses like multiple times in a row of like her dying in front of him. And he sort of has to sit with that. I thought that was a, just a, just a cute little, cute little, I thought it was, I thought it was really funny seeing a corpse there, you know, but I don't know. I thought it was, it, it was another like clever choice to focus on that because that would be messed up. I feel like if you're in that position, if you're him, That'd be messed up to see someone that you obviously really like and have gotten to know very well, sort of gotten to know very well, like die over and over again. That's just another aspect I feel like could have been brushed over, but they chose to focus on and it, and it really worked for me. Mm. The way like he progresses as well is like very like video gamey, like how he gets to like the yes of the hill, then the, they have to like choose the which vehicle, you know, 
Yeah. And then they get to the barn and it's like, that's like a whole new level. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've never got, yeah, I've never gone past this checkpoint. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But like then he changes, right? He like, because there's actually two days that he has, right? Because there's like a preparation day and then the landing. So like he changes his plan so that he like, he goes into like the headquarters or whatever on the first day. So, like, I guess the yeah. whole beach thing was kind of, like, he realized that however many times he did that, like, that wasn't getting him anywhere. It wasn't getting him to the place he wanted to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because he, he saw when <laughs> I, I do love the day that he spends, like, because I feel like, if, yeah, again, if you're in this position, the movie does this really well. Like, if you're in this position, you're, doing, you're trying a bunch of different things because he has one day where he literally just ditches. He just goes to London for a drink, you know? Yeah. I thought that was cool. Um, but then, of course, in that doing that, he learns that uh, the aliens invade London on that day. It's like, oh, shit. But then the first time, you're right, when he changes his approach and he decides to go straight back for Brendan Gleeson, um, that was another fun scene too because the first time we see it, he's done it hundreds of times already and he's like, when they're walking in and, He's like, Emily Blunt, hide because this guy always recognizes you. And then he counts the steps. He knows exactly like when they're going to be spotted at every moment. And he has the conversation with Brendan Gleeson that he's had a million times. And, and like Emily Blunt goes to, I think, doesn't Emily Blunt like pull out a gun and go to shoot Brendan Gleeson? And he's like, don't shoot him again. Yeah. <laughs> right, that's, uh, yeah. Like that's all, that's all really funny stuff to me. I like that a lot. But I mean, in terms of, it's actually like right after this, right? He loses his powers because. He's captured in yeah, London. I think there's like two scenes where they go to Brendan Gleeson, right? Because like the first one where they walk out the building, they get a shot, and then the second one, they take the car. Oh, yes. Yes, you're right. Um, yeah, that, that, that was neat. Yeah, so then they get captured in London. The same thing happened to her the first time. He, he loses his powers because of a blood transfusion, I guess. Um, and... Fitz, you, you goddamn stole my main criticism of the movie. I can't believe it. How dare you? The third act is by far the worst part of this movie. It really, really lets it down the second he loses his powers, in my opinion. Like, th- then it, it's cool. Like, I like the added element of tension by itself that, okay, like, there's no restarting this. We have to, we have to get it right this time. That's cool by itself and makes sense to introduce at the end. But I don't know, like the fact that it comes into play in London and they go through that entire action set piece in Paris without dying, you know, when like the entire movie is about how he, he stuffs it up over and over and over again, all the little details, but then they, but then he sort of just goes generic action star through the entire third act, you know, and it's just piss easy for them to, it just turns into like exactly what you sort of don't want the movie to be, which is assault on the alien fortress with no creative element to it you know it's just like all right they're just they're just soldiers now i guess the reason like the last part works because like it's unexpected for both parties you know the reason he has to map out his plan when he has his powers is because like you know the aliens have learned from all the other times whereas now like the aliens don't expect that they don't know about that so like that's why they can just go and do it in one hit you know and like that's the emphasis on it you know okay Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. But you, do you, you know what I mean, though, in terms yeah. of just audience engagement, right? Yeah. Like it's the gimmick is what's making this movie, for the most part, interesting, and it's and it's you and the movies and the scripts use of it. Um, so when you sort of throw it out the window, it just sort of be, I don't know. This movie sort of just becomes I don't know some sort of like generic '90s action movie sort of thing, like a Michael Bay sort of deal, which is fine. But yeah, I would have liked if they had. I don't know, maybe played with the concept a bit more at the end somehow. I also don't really, I don't know, like, and then, of course, that's when we focus on the J-Squad crew, which I don't really, I didn't really vibe with them very much. They were pretty forgettable. But at least the core, like, the core Emily Blunt, Tom Cruise stuff is good. So when we focus on that, which, again, the movie does for the first two acts, which is why those are really strong. We're all good when we do that, but oh, well. Yeah, and then the movie ends, you know? They saved everyone. <laughs> I mean, I did actually quite like how the, the ending was quite quick and efficient. We didn't have like 15 minutes where 
all the characters like hug and shit. Like that, that shit on oh, that shit always sort of annoys me in the end of action movies, to be honest. But I don't know. They wrapped it up quick. Everyone was fine. I don't really understand it though. Like I don't understand how it works because so the aliens are all just dead now. Like it doesn't really make sense. But everyone's alive, you know. Yeah, well, because he he gets reset two days then, like after he gets infected with the Omega blood. So like, not does he? But like, why are all the aliens dead then? Like, if he they go back two days, the aliens should still be there, shouldn't they? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, like, it makes sense when if you kill the Omega, that the aliens die. Obviously, yeah. Then Mm. why does he go back two days? Because it's then Tom Cruise resetting it, not the Omega. But then why the yeah yeah I get with it. yeah I agree with you Fitzy then why yeah. the aliens I don't know I feel, I mean I, I guess it's just so they can have that moment where he's like back at the chopper at the start yeah but yeah. also like the fact that he lost his blood and then he didn't have his powers doesn't make sense because earlier in the film like Emily Blunt said she tried stuff like that and she still had it and it didn't you know it didn't do anything like she said she transferred blood. To someone else, and she still had the power, you know. Oh, I see what you're saying, but but her blood wasn't replaced, though. I don't think. Isn't that the thing? Mm, yeah, right. Where she she tried giving her blood, but the the thing that made her lose the powers is when she was given blood. But if it's if it's just the blood that does it, then he should be able to transfer it to someone else, you know. And they I guess it's. Have it. But why would you transfer it to someone else when they don't know, you know, how to use it? How are they going to respond to it? Yeah, but Emily Bond said she tried to transfer it to someone else and didn't work. She did. Yeah, she did say that. But I guess, I I don't know, man. People have different blood types, you know. Like, I don't know how blood works. I feel like it's sort of complicated, you know. Well, they did say something about, like, the nervous system or central nervous system or something. Like, it has to be, like, integrated. Somewhere. Right. So maybe that's relevant. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, I feel like, I, I mean, like obviously they're all just excuses to make the plot yeah. flow the way it does. But, I mean, as long as the excuses make, as long as there's enough logic in them, like I, I'm, I'm fine with it, you know. Um, oh, hang on, I should probably do some, I'll do some trivia, right? Doug, oh, I should have done this at the start. Doug Lyman wanted to do the film because it showed a role that Tom Cruise hadn't done yet, someone very bad at what he does. Hmm. I mean, he, he, which is cool, but he does become very good. So, this is probably my favorite Doug Lyman movie. I don't really know what competes with it. Chaos Walker. To be honest. Oh, God, no. No. Doug Lyman's such an interesting person because I really don't really, I don't like his films very much, but I like this film. American Made. What that one? Oh, that was pretty good. Yeah, I like that movie. I, I mean, think- The Born Identity as well. Uh, yeah. Jumper? Yeah. No. Oh, that movie sucks. Yeah, yeah, we would have that. <laughs> he's, I think his directing is pretty, like between this and the Born Identity, the editing in his film is really like efficient and like conveys information really well. Mm. Like in this, you understand like all the details of his day and how the invasion and everything, how all that works within like a really short amount of time. And, like, the camera work or whatever isn't, like, anything amazing in his films, I don't think. Like, um, you don't really think of, like, the cinematography, but in terms of, like, information, I think it's really, he's a really good director. I agree with that. I agree with that. That's true. While filming the car chase scene, which includes a minivan, Emily Blunt was instructed to drive fast and then take a hard right so that the van would shake. However, Blunt missed her mark and she drove the car right into a tree. She later said that it was both hilarious and terrifying as she almost killed Tom Cruise, who was in the passenger seat. But both of them started laughing. So uh, I'm very glad that Emily Blunt did not murder Tom Cruise in uh, in this timeline. <laughs> Maybe in another timeline that did happen, that'd be uh, terrible for her. She was too uh, into the movie. She thought he could just, you know, respawn. Yeah. That's right. The video game comparisons you're making, Viti, are really great. That's actually probably why I feel like it, it works really well for me. Because it is totally, that's all it is. Like, it is totally just Tom Cruise is in a video game. He has to keep respawning and think of different strategies every time he fails. Like, it's literally, that's it. Makes a ton of sense. Hidden plot 
you know, hidden uh, hidden bosses and like uh, yeah. puzzles he has to solve. Yeah, you know, wish car, yeah. you know. Yeah, shit, you're right. Um, I, I think the score's generic in the movie, but it's one of those it's one of those situations where I feel like there were enough moments where I was like, okay, this is really working for this moment. Like, this isn't something I'm going to load up on Spotify, but mm. it really it really just plays into it well. I think. Um, oh, and Tom Cruise spent over one hundred thousand dollars on a lavish rap party for the cast and crew. He did not attend himself as he was finishing the movie. Did you rap? Oh, like a like a wrap oh. up. <laughs> Tom Cruise held a dude. He got like he got like Kanye. It was crazy. Yeah. God bless you, Tom Cruise. Do you know Tom Cruise sends like a gift basket to every past co-star every Christmas that he's ever worked with, including Nicole Kidman. <laughs> I mean, I guess so. I don't know. I learned that. I thought that was really funny. So yeah. Every co-star. So would that mean like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like every person that's like second to him or like everyone on every film? Like, Yeah, that's a good point. It's like where, did, where, did, where does he cut it off? Like is he yeah. like the second you're not a named character or is it like... I mean, I, I assumed it was anyone of like... Anyone on the on the poster too, you know, or anyone sort of on that level, mm. I assumed. Like, I don't know if he's sending, like, that Aussie guy that's in this movie, I don't know if he's sending him a, a basket, you know. But uh, Emily Blunt's definitely getting one. Maybe not Nicole Kidman. <laughs> well, I, I, think, I, think, I think we need to talk about the direction of the sequel and how that's going to work. I mean, oh, like, sure. Because, like, you know, the film wraps up quite nicely. I, like, if they had left it there, I think it'd be all right, but, you know. There is a live, die, repeat, repeat coming. Um, yeah. What do you think? How do you think that's going to work? The aliens, like the Omega resets like two weeks and then the aliens come even earlier. Like like what's going on? Yeah, it's weird because like I feel like it can, it can be in terms of like the premise of the sequel and how they do it. I feel like there's a way to do it that's clever. I don't know what that way is. You'd have to, you know, you'd have to pay me to write it. Um, I feel like there's a way to do it that's clever, but I also feel like there's a hundred ways that would be really uninteresting. Like, yeah, oh, the aliens are back. Or, I don't know, just, yeah, the Omega, whatever, you, resets itself, whatever, I don't know. Um, when at the end of the film, an Omega, the Omega was reset in a different spot on Earth or some, you know what I mean? Um some well, shit like that. Because, like, in the movie, like, they drop a line where, like, he theorizes, like, oh, this is just one force, you know, imagine how many planets they've done this to or something like that. So, like, oh, I, I think sure. you could guess that, like, next time it's going to be another invading force, maybe a bigger one, maybe two even, you know, like a dual Two invading forces. I know. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Emmy Blunt's got to be somewhere and Tom Cruise got to be the other place. Yeah. Or they can just go to outer space, mm. you know, and they go to, like, an alien colony yeah. and help save them. That yeah. I, I wouldn't mind that, yeah. <laughs> the, them just, you know, random world. Mars needs help. I don't know. Yeah, the Martians, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I'm not convinced that movie's ever coming out just because I feel like it very well might, but it's sort of been on the slate for a few years and I know, like, you know, they're not, as far as I'm aware, like, they're, they're not shooting it anytime soon. Mm. Um, so... I wouldn't be surprised if that's sort of just one of those placeholder ones that they might get to at some point. But it's, it, I mean, I'm glad you brought it up. I don't really want a sequel to this movie. I mean, I'd see it if if I heard pretty good things about it. But I don't know. This movie's totally totally solid as it is. You know, it's a great package. I don't really need any. Not one ounce of my being wants to see what ha- happens to Rita after the end of this movie. You know, that final shot was actually pretty good. I like that. Mm, what was I just that? thought I'd mention it when he's when he like goes and meets her again for the first time, but this time it won't reset. Oh yeah! So it's like now they can actually bond, you know. Yeah. Even though, what if he even just though, doesn't like? What if he just doesn't? What if she just doesn't like him <laughs> after all this time? Well, that's the thing because they've only they've only like lived like that like they've basically only been in combat scenarios, you know. So it's like, oh shit, do you want to like move in? And then it's like they realize, oh, this ain't gonna work, or. It could be the thing where, like, because Tom Cruise has to explain the situation again to her at the end of the film. We don't see that, of course. And then she's just, like, immediately, because of what we're talking about, the power dynamic between yeah, yeah. their relationship being so poor, yeah. 
that that she's just immediately like understands what's happening. And I'm like, yeah, nah, man, I can't do this. Like, I, I'm not, I can't fall in love with this dude who like knows everything about me, and I don't know anything about him. Mm. But uh, that's not a that's not a good. Probably so you know, social security and everything. Yeah, yeah. No, your credit card details. Oh, I was just reading like some interesting things about the sequel because apparently Blunt has said that the script is promising and cool, but she thinks the movie's too expensive to get made. And like oh, Doug Liman okay. said that he said that if it gets made, it's going to revolutionize how people make sequels. It really will. So I mean, oh, like they're, they're big, they're big words, and like I, I like it's thrown around that it's going to be a sequel that's a prequel as well. So I mean, like. This is a oh, you could oh. just do it on Emily Blunt the first yeah, time. Yeah, that's what it might be looking like. Oh, so is Tom Cruise not attached, or that's interesting? Well, I don't know. I don't know because it, it's it just seems like a bit of d- development hell, kind of a little bit. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I'm glad she said it was interesting. That's good. Doing it on Emily Blunt, yeah, yeah, it would ha- it'd have to be interesting. Like I don't nothing about what they explain of that situation in this movie really makes me want to see it. But I mean, they could be cool twists to it. I don't, we don't know, you know, that's a kind of like a do a dual story thing where like it tells Emily Bond's story in the past. And then also like, I don't know, future invasion time. I don't know. Godfather part two. (laughs) (laughs) We've done repeat part two. All right, let's get into our final verdicts for edge of tomorrow. Not named live, die, repeat. Jaden. I don't know, like an eight probably. I think it's a really solid action film um, and it, it engages me entirely, you know, very entertaining. Um, there are the weak moments throughout, I guess, that kind of prevent it from going higher, but I think it's overall very strong. Sure, sure. This movie's quite well liked generally too, which I didn't I didn't really remember that, but looking at the scores, it seems to be the case. Fitzy? Seven. I think it's really... Fun until the ending, kind of, and yeah, it's better. It's a fun, yeah, fun movie. I'm right there. I'm right there with you. I'll give it a seven. I think like the last twenty minutes is the only part where I was owning out, you know. And I feel like if it had if it had stuck the landing and I was fully in the whole time, this this would be an eight. But I, either way, though, I think I think it's a really solid movie. I definitely recommend it. All right, let's get into news chat. Marty Scorsese, he's making another film. He's not hes not dead yet, so he's making movies. And uh, he's doing a, a biopic on The Grateful Dead, which is a band. Do you got, wait, so we didn't know that was a band. Did you, do you know anything about The Grateful Dead, Fitzy? Oh, no. Okay. So I was thinking like, because you guys know I'm not the biggest like music buff or whatever so i thought maybe this is like some band i should know but i'm glad that that doesn't seem to be the case but the film is starring jonah hill as the lead i think this is the first time they're working together since wolf of wall street if i'm not mistaken so that's cool but this is his film after killers of the flower moon or whatever that is right because he's i think so because that movie's that was in production right we saw we've seen screenshots of that Yeah. yeah Okay, so this must be the one after. That makes sense. Okay. And we can probably expect that one next year. Okay. Well, it's interesting he's making a music. Is it a music biopic? Is that what it is? I mean, I suppose. Yeah. It's it's going to mainly fa- focus on, like, the, I think, the, like, the lead of the band, Jerry Garcia, who's apparently, like, really, really, like, kind of key figure in counterculture. So. Oh, okay. There'll be right. interesting things explored, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he made, he made like some music documentaries and like the New York jazz movie mm. with like De Niro, but he hasn't like made anything. Oh no, he made Rolling Thunder, the Bob Dylan um, mockumentary documentary thing. But um, so I guess it's cool that he's, you know, delving into this genre. Although most of his films are kind of biopictures, you know, fictionalized biopics. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd assume this would be similar in that respect. So, yeah, no, I mean, to, to that point, like, biopics aren't really my favourite, you know, but if it's like a – if it's just I'm going to watch it for, for a new Marty movie, of course, and I'll enjoy learning about this band, then it'll probably be good, you know, so I assume so. 
Harry Potter reunion on HBO Max is happening. Uh, this is like one of those, didn't they do this for Friends earlier this year, if I'm not mistaken? This is, I don't, I've never watched one of these things. What is the format like? It's just interviews, right? And like sort of documentary sort of stuff. Well, yeah, like, like I, I watched the in between as one where like they got back together after like a decade, and like oh, okay, yeah, it really depends on the host because like I think James Corden did the Friends one, I think, and I think people were complaining about him, and like Jimmy Carr did the in between as one, and like you know it was just a mismatch of hosts because um, like what it is, it, it is interviews, but it's also archive footage and like I don't know, it might be a bit of trivia shit, I don't know, and like just kind of stuff like that. But, like, if you have, like, the wrong host that kind of just, like, takes it in, in a different direction can end up being kind of cringe and awkward. So, like, who yeah. they get, like, just they better not get James Corden is, like, the big thing. <laughs> they just need well, to get, like, big... someone competent. Like, Graham Norton would pro- would be a good one for, for him. But, like, I don't know, like, how his contract with BBC and shit works like that. But, you know. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't want late night vibes from this. Like, you know, if I'm watching a reunion, I don't want to just get them asking, like, like high energy, you know, that sort of vibe, like goofy questions, like uh, that's not, I wanted them to delve into their experiences making the films, you know, and I feel like, I don't know, in my experience, I sort of, I like when there's sort of more just roundtable discussions, like if they were to just get, like get David Yates in there, get Chris Columbus in there and just get them to talk amongst themselves. I feel like that's sort of more interesting. Uh, It won't be that. It'll be formatted similar to the way the Friends one was where it's a host talking. Yeah, it's sort of like, a shame to me. Yeah, yeah. I think you still will get a deeper dive, and you still will get insights that weren't provided, you know, twenty years ago. But like, yeah, yeah. All right, I'm just going to get into the Spider-Man trailer. We all saw it, right? No, I didn't watch it. You didn't? Nah. Oh, okay. Not fair That's enough. Fitzy, what do you think of it? I'm actually more the same. I guess I think um, it hinted more than it might be. Like, the first one, there's obviously some tension between Doctor Strange and Peter, but it feels like in this one, Doctor Strange might be a bigger part of it, I guess. He's right up in there in the poster. Unless they, yeah, I mean, sort of like, I guess, an Iron Man equivalent role in Homecoming. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I really like the trailer. You know, it's it, 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 you're spot on. Like, it's more of... We understand what this movie is. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be bongers. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be all these cameos and multiverse stuff. And it's just it's seeing more of that. We got more glimpses of it. You know, um, I totally understand why Jane wouldn't want to watch it because like I, I mean because I, I'm like I'm excited. I'm obviously going to see this movie. I'm excited to see all our connections to our beloved Raimi films. You know, so it's like how much more do you need to see? Other than of course here we get both amazing Spider-Man villains in this trailer. So that's the. Uh, Confirmation of those, the lizard and the and my main my main, main man Jamie Fox. So that's dope. Did and you see Sandman, of course. Did you see how they edited out one of the Spider Man from the trailer? No, what? No, because in this in, in like because like, I don't watch the trailer, but like I saw it in memes everywhere. We're like we're like it's like the lizard, I think Sandman, and maybe Electro, and it's like Tom Holland going at him, and then like as they're jumping. Like the lizard gets punched, but is it? But like the whoever does it is has been edited out. But you can see how clearly he gets like punched. Oh, oh I thought he was just like looking. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, that they would obviously edit that out, so that makes sense. That's pretty yeah. funny. Um. Okay. All right. Neat. I mean, that, that's the thing. The other thing I said in the Discord was just like I appreciate that. I feel like they could have easily have just blown their load here with um with Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, and they didn't. So I appreciate they're sticking by their guns. They're going to save that for the movie, which is awesome. So when uh, they turn up, inevitably, it's going to be a lot of fun. I saw a thing that said, like, the final trailer is going to be released on November 29th. Like, is that true? Are they going to release another fucking trailer for this? Oh, I'd be I'd be very surprised, but I don't know. Unless, like, that just got, like, the date wrong and it, it meant to be whatever, you know, this one dropped, but, like... I was going to be like, you can't, like, three trailers, like, really? Jeez. Most movies do have three trailers, but maybe it's a situation. Yeah, but so close to release, you know. Exactly. Maybe it's just going to be, like, a slightly re-edited version of this one. Like, I don't see them them doing any more reveals beyond this point in terms of, like, they're not going to drop Toby in nine days, you know. That's not not happening. 
Um, so of all the villain, all the villains in all the movies, were they in this or maybe? Well, we haven't got. Um, we we haven't got Dane DeHaan confirmed. Oh, right, right. We haven't got. We haven't got Harry or James Franco, obviously. There's Vulture in, in these ones. Did I miss that? We don't know. He's, okay. No, yeah, yeah. So he hasn't been confirmed either. You're right. Um, we, Michael Keaton is continuing to play Vulture. We just don't know if he'll be. He might be in this movie. It's all this confusing stuff again. Where like, is he now in the Venom universe with all that stuff? It's very weird. Um, so we don't know if we'll see him here. But I think other than that, though, I think it's all of them, right? I mean, we got Willem, we got Alfred, we got. Yeah, you're getting Mysterio. Venom from Spider-Man Three. That's true. That's true. We're not getting oh. him. Yeah, but, we're, but we might be getting Tom Hardy. So, mm. <laughs> brace, brace for that. Um, what about Mysterio? Is he? Didn't know? he die? Didn't he die in Far From Home? Could be an illusion. That's true. <laughs> well, like the Electro in this doesn't seem like the same Electro. No, he doesn't. That's a great point. Because did you see what Jamie Foxx looks like in the movie, Jaden? Like it, yeah, it looks like the uh, of- comic book version with like the star face. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and he's wearing like he's he's got obviously not the blue lightning, he's got the gold lightning, and he's yeah, like, he's got a much cooler outfit. I'm just gonna say it. Much, mm. he looks so much cooler. Looks so much cooler. Um, but that that is the interesting thing where it's like, so are they? We'll have to wait to see the movie, of course. But are these not the same versions of the characters we know? Because that sort of sucks, in my opinion. I well, I mean, really like, like they probably they probably wouldn't because like. Because, like, Electro in Spider-Man 2 gets, I don't know, whatever you do to electricity, but, you know, he dies pretty much. And then Kirk Connors. All these gets... villains have died, I think. Oh, have they? I think so, right? Cause, uh, you know, Oh, uh, yeah, dies, actually, no. Yeah. Dafoe dies. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's interesting too. Well, they're, yeah, probably, they're probably not the same character then. They're going to be slightly different versions. That's lame to me. We'll see how it plays out, but that's like we're going to all the effort to get these guys back as their characters. But oh, but by the way, they're not technically the same character. Like they're the same character, but they're not. They're not the same person we know. That's sort of that's sort of lame to me. If they're played the same way, I won't mind. Like and they just say, "Oh, he's from Earth forty-eight instead of fucking forty-nine. I don't care." Like and then, like they just like play the character the same. But like if they play a different version of themselves as well, you know, like that. Yeah, because then there's not that, like, the whole th- reason it's exciting is to see, like, the continuity of these people and how they interact with this scenario and Tom Holland and stuff. Like, if it's just, like, if it's, just, like, sure, it's Jamie Foxx, but if it's just, like, an Electro I've never seen before, mm. that's sort of it's sort of uninteresting to me, but I don't know. We'll get there when we get there, I guess. It's not too far away at all. Now it's time for our highlights of the week. Oh, no. Liam. Here we go. <laughs> no, don't pick me first, please. Don't? All right. Jaden, what have you been watching? I watched a Polish film called Spore. It's um, that's the English name. I, and the, the Polish name is something different. I don't know. I can't remember what it was. Um, it looks great, but it is shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's set in this like rural Polish town, and it starts off as like this promising murder mystery and i'm just going to talk kind of full spoilerish here because like it's not oh, sure, no one's going to watch it you know like it's that you know like what starts off rather interesting it, like by the end of a reveal it's it just turns out it's john wick but for first year fine art students i think they're communists you know because like it turns out that the the main character's dogs were killed by hunters and then she just started killing off all the hunters, but it's kind of staged mysteriously and then it's all revealed. And it, it's just shit. It's just boring. And, like, the protagonist is, like, the worst kind of vegetarian and, like, the, the whole, like, thing about, like... And, like, she it's, it's oh, there's so much astrology bullshit as well. And, like, she's like, oh, when Ares is in retrograde, you know, he's going to die because he gets hit in the head. And, like, fuck off. Um, and, like, for something that starts so strong, it just weakens so soon. Oh, dude, I, I like honestly can't stand it. Like the way, like the way it unfolded. Like, um, characters are just insufferable. And like in the end, like they're like, oh no, no, you were justified in killing all these people because you know they killed your dogs. And, like, you know, fair enough, they do it in John Wick. You know, I buy into that because that's you know, it's a bit, it's a bit of fun, it's a bit of bullshit. But like when they do it like in this aspect, and, you know, she kills off like no, no, like six people in the town, and she goes on a war against religion and all these people that are killing animals, and she's 
you know, she's righteous and mighty because she doesn't eat animals, but everyone else is below her. And then they and like you know her kind of core group of friends save her at the end. It's, it's just such shit. Is this not a horror movie? Is this like an action movie? No, no, like it's just a slow burn thriller. Um, thriller. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, looks great though. Um, but no, it's just, it's 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 just not it at all. It was is this a 2021 movie? Is that why you watched it? No, it's 2017. It was on oh, it was okay. on it was on SBS and I like like the World Movie Channel and I recorded it. And I was like, this could be interesting. It, it wasn't. That's hysterical. Thank you so much for that highlight. Liam, do you have the balls to go next? Or do you want me to go? The balls. You can go. You can go. Yeah, yeah, fine. You go. Fine. I watched The Great Night. Um, oh, I watched no. it because I was I was interested in it because I sort of heard some good interesting things, you know. I'm sort of in Jaden's mode now or the mode he's talked about where I'm like 2021 stuff, you know, that's what I got to get going in the next month. Um, and it was on Amazon. So I'm like, sweet. I was on Amazon. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's why I actually, I opened Amazon thinking I watched something else and then it was right there. I'm like, well, there you go. That's what I'm watching. And um, it's a very interesting movie. It's, I don't, I don't really vibe with it entirely. I like elements of it. I'm sort of split on it. I think overall. I think it's definitely worth a watch, and I think you guys are probably more likely to like it than me. Um, it's hard to like fully recommend. I don't know. It's definitely a very unique film. Like I like the heart of the story, and like which presents itself very clearly at the end. I think the ending's really solid, um, and it made the entire viewing experience worth it to me. But it, it's this style of it's the style of storytelling that's very abstract and not too dissimilar to other things that we've seen that, you know, I don't like, like Black Swan and I'm thinking of ending things, these sort of like abstract nature, the storytelling of like weird shit's going on that you can't explain and it's all meant to be metaphorical, of course, but it's sort of just boring to me in the way it's done um, where I'm sort of just like, what the fuck's happening? I don't know. You know, there's like clones of multiple characters and shit and I'm like, I get this is all meant to represent stuff and I'm sort of just like, I'm sort of just confused and I'm like, whatever. Um, and I was, as a result, I was sort of bored mainly in the second act. And I don't know, it's like, like it's one of those things where like the cinematography is like objectively a 10 out of 10. Like it's objectively an incredible looking film, like a ma- like probably the best, like top five, maybe best looking films I've ever seen. But it's this style of cinematography where, in my opinion, it doesn't enhance the film. It detracts from my experience watching it, where, like, there are these long shots that look incredible, but are just so, like, if it, they just feel, um, what's the word? They feel self-indulgent to me. Like, as I'm watching it, it's like, wow, this is an incredible shot that's been going on for a minute and a half that really doesn't need to be here, you know? And it's just, like ends up sort of just flowing into this is not making the story flow. This is just boring to me at this point, you know. So it's one of those weird things where, like, the cinematography is amazing but also not for me in any capacity. Um, so I don't know. It, but it's one of those things where, like, I feel like it's quite a divisive film. It's not It's not just a mere average film, you know. It's definitely worth watching and sort of seeing what you get out of it sort of a deal, you know. Um, so, yeah, I feel like I'd still – want to see what you guys think of it if you choose to watch it but i wasn't crazy about it at the end of the day i don't think all right Liam, you can't delay any longer wow i know for a fact that spore and the green night were not you guys highlights of the week but um <laughs> anyway um what did i watch i watched um a, a bond film what's it called um no time to die um, i think i heard of that one yeah yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I like that. Pretty, pretty hyped up. Um, it was good. It was good. Um, I thought the action was like, like some of the best of the series. You know, it was really great. The score was really great. Um, so those two things are good. I just didn't. Um, I don't know. Like the story, the villain, Madeline, everything was kind of just. It was. It was good. It was fine, but it wasn't. It wasn't great, and the movie was really long and it kind of dragged. But you know, for the first hour, it was really fun. It was really great. So that was my experience. Um, 
the theater experience though, watching a Bond film was obviously really great. It was Lockheed's first Bond film, um, which is which really is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I like the cinematography as well. It looked it was a really good looking film. I'll say that. I think it's the second best looking one to Skyfall. Maybe. Yeah, so uh, who's going to tear him a new one first, Jaden? <laughs> no, I mean, like, you didn't say anything. I, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's two no, hours. Oh, yeah, I get it. It's, it's two hours 40, you know. I mean, like, yeah, that's fair. It does drag a bit. Um, but no, I, I, like, I, I loved it entirely in its entirety. You know, it's everything It's everything I wanted, you know. Like, you know, it's 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 not a perfect film, but it's a perfect film for me. You know, it's 9 out of 10 for me. It's, it's exactly what I needed to wrap up the, you know, Craig story. You know, it could use a bit more and the armors, but, um, you know. Yeah, oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, but no, you know, it's it's such a fitting way to wrap up the character, I think. And the way, you know, what's what's coming next is promising, it seems like it. Um, I think one thing that this film does really well that the rest of them have kind of struggled with is balance the humor. I think in Skyfall, like, in Skyfall, kind of that second half, they kind of try and increase these like kind of like one-liners that are kind of you know these traditional campy eighties Bond type things, and it doesn't entirely work because like of how dramatic the product is, and Spectre kind of just fun like fumbles it as well. Whereas I think this one does like does it really well where they kind of balance the comedic tones with the with the drama. You know, you're like when- wrong, Jaden. What? Wrong. <laughs> this one was the worst. No, I love. I'm, re- I'm I'm with Fitzy. It was definitely the worst. Humor really, the, I loved of the it. Five, in my no. opinion. Yeah, yeah. No. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I didn't think it was bad. Like I think there were moments that landed, but others that I was like, like that that whole that Russian scientist guy was just obnoxious. Like I, oh, I know. Yeah. I mean, like that that was. I don't I don't consider that humor. I just consider him part of the story. I don't consider. Oh him no, that's part fair. Of that's fair. And, but like the Cyclops eye stuff. Not not a fan of that either. No, I don't consider that humor either. To be fair. Oh, that's definitely humor, right? Yeah, like, I, I guess. But I'm talking more about like purely like through like like one liner kind of moments, more like kind of. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mind them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think the Bond song's the worst one, though. I, I was just gonna say I don't. I don't. I, I think oh, the. Oh, I really I think, like the, the Bond song. I think and, the, and the animation. Yeah, I think the like the animation is awesome, but I just don't like the song. Um. I like the song because it fitted with the the more emotional tank. Yeah, yeah, but like, I don't know, like, because like it, it obviously tries to channel like the Spectre and Skyfall theme more than what it does, like the Casino Royale and um, fucking Quantum, Quantum Mon. Yeah, totally. But like, I just think it falters where those ones succeed because it doesn't have that kind of that massive hit that those ones do. You know, like it's not Adele and Sam Smith with these powerful voices, it's Billie Eilish with this kind of more kind of soft spoken type of thing. And, like, it still works in parts, but, like, when, like, they try and take it up that tiny bit, I just think it kind of loses it, you know? Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree with that. I like the song, but it never, it never like, it never hits. Like, yeah. it, never just, it never gives you that, like, Adele, like, holy shit, you're, this is friggin' punching me through the friggin' screen moment, you know? Like, yeah. it's a sort of more in its own sort of vibe. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't know. I'm with, I'm with I'm with Jane. Like I think I think Fitzy's spot on in terms of like the the action and cinematography. Um, actually, mainly the score. The score was phenomenal. Absolutely, I think it's one of Hans's best. best. It might be in my top five. It was sensational, yeah. dude. It was phenomenal. The way he uses the Bond theme to and manipulates it to do his like traditional Hans like tension siren things was insane. I was like, dude, what? Um, and the action was phenomenal. The friggin' that shot in the third act, that the the sequence up the staircase, mm. that shoot, fucking ins- loved it, dude. That whole like one minute shot of Daniel Craig shooting people up the staircase was sensational. Yeah, no, I, I love the story. Absolutely, absolutely loved it. Um, it's it's one of those things where like it is very much built off of Spectre's story, which I don't like, but. This maybe enhances Spectre for me in the best way, where it like justifies Spectre's existence in terms of in terms of like the Madeline character, who of course is the biggest carryover and cause of this movie as well. I just I really dug everything with her in the movie. Um, I was not not expecting I, the movie just constantly surprised me. I was totally in. This is mm. not this is a personal story for Bond, you know, as well as of course a world uh, save the world plot, you know. Um, and the way those two were mixed, I was not expecting it to to go where it went at all. This movie has many twists up its pocket, up its sleeve for 
um, for people who are, are really invested in these five movies like I am, you know, and the callbacks and just, I don't know, man, it was just such a satisfying viewing experience. Like the amount of, you know, of course, getting the, all the Vespa shout outs were awesome. And, but just the way visually the film is shot, I think Carrie, um, Carrie Fug- Fuganagua, the, if I'm saying his name right, the director, yeah. sent just an amazing job. The way he's constantly paying homage to the other films in this series, the way that, there's, you know, the camera. There's a there's a brief shot where the camera focuses on the the pug that Judy Dench mm. gave him, and it's just like, and it just doesn't it doesn't say anything. It's very it's very like hands off, like, and there, there's other little shots like that in the film that, like, are just there for for you if you if you get it, you know. And it's like, and it hits, but it's never overt. It's never it's never dialogue. It's it's always surprising you in that way, and. uh yeah, goddamn, man! It was my favorite theater experience of the year, no doubt, no doubt. That freaking opening scene too, goddamn. Oh yeah, well, the action sounds great, and like the um, the scene where he's like in the car and he's like the oh yeah, and he's right there with gun. the shotgun. No, 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 like the um, no? <laughs> you know where where the glass is breaking and he's just sitting there like staring yeah. at her. When well, no, he's getting blasting him with the shotgun right in front of him. Oh right, shotgun. Okay, sure. Oh, and Anna de Armas, of course. Who could forget? Leave me wanting more. Leave mm. me wanting more is uh, is the moral of that story. I don't, I don't get that idea. Like, leave me wanting more. Like, just put more. Yeah. No. I I, no, I think I want more as well. No, I totally disagree. It was great. It was great. It was great. You don't need more, though. You know. I know Maybe. that's a funny. That's a funny, like philosophical clash. <laughs> I guess just overall for us, that's fair enough. But hey, I mean, she was going to be in that John Wick spinoff, and seeing her do this, I'm like, oh. Well, um, that's perfect. I didn't <laughs> think I was I was going to realize that, but yeah. How did you feel about the villain then, Fitzy? You brought him up. Yeah. Well, I actually didn't understand what. Maybe you guys can tell me, like, what was happening. Like, what did he want to do? Did he just want to destroy the world, or was he? I don't know. Anyway. He was, he was he like trying to. He was one of those ethnic cleansing type people. Thanos people. Yeah. So who did he want to kill? Cleanse. Who do, who do you want to Basically, care? everyone, right? Yeah. No, I mean, like, it, it's just, yeah. It's told that he can do, like, he can get rid of who he wants, but, like, I don't, we're never told who he wants to get rid of. Okay. Well, I don't like that, but I also don't like the choice to leave him revealed, leave him veiled to the end, and then only kind of have, like, a bit of time with him. Like, I like when the villain is kind of introduced. <laughs> exactly. Like I like when the the villain is like kind of there the whole time, or like at least halfway. Like in Skyfall and Casino Royale, we get like a one-on-one kind of, um, you know, duel for a lot of the film. And with this, we don't kind of get that. He's kind of he's, you know, behind the curtain, which I guess is kind of the point, as they say. But you know, that that was the point in Skyfall as well. Kind of this force that. You don't, you can't meet face to face anymore. But in that, they still did it, and it was, you know, it was great. But in this, like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel. He just wasn't great. He was, he was, he was, he was fine, I guess. Robbie Malik was was fine. Yeah, I don't. I think, in terms of what you're saying, like the story, the way the villains are used in the story is probably one of the. I still like it. Like, I don't think it's poor, but it's probably one of the weaker elements of the movie. Like, it, it's not. It's not at all why I love the movie. Like I love the movie for the for the for Bond, you know, and, and his story, mm. you know. Like, um, but uh, so in that sense, I think that is one of the weak elements. But like for me, like Rami's performance really elevated it, along with, um, like the aesthetic of of his sort of like location and his vibe. Like his when they go in there, was cool. his lair, exactly, exactly. Like he when, mm. when he's like, and he. They've got like the table where it's all peaceful, and the, the table where they all they, they kneel down and stuff. That was just a cool aesthetic choice to me. Like this guy, you know, thinks he's all about like world peace and shit, and that's why he's doing this. It's sort of all. It, it was quite a good mix of aesthetic and motivation, in my opinion. Even though, like, I get you, like, the motivation isn't nearly as interesting as Javier Bardem uh, in in Skyfall, right? Mm. Cool, cool. So Fitzy proven wrong. Great. Um, as always, now we hand the show over to you with our question of the show. Last week we asked you, what is your favourite Christopher Nolan movie? 
Nick said, Interstellar, hands down, no questions asked. So it's a fan favourite. Aiden said, tough for me between The Dark Knight and Interstellar. The others are not far behind, though, not by much at all. God damn, man. Yeah, I'm right there. I'm right there with you, Aiden. Uh, Annie said, tricky question to answer. I honestly thought Interstellar, Inception, or Dunkirk would be my favourite. Heck, maybe even Tenet after I saw it twice in the cinema. Before seeing The Prestige, I never expected for that film to be in my top five, let alone first. However, after renting it on Prime Video and watching it twice in two days during that time, it has massively met my expectations and leaps over the great other Nolan films as my favourite Nolan movie ever. Uh, After following, of course, who could forget that? (laughs) Yeah, of course. Uh, Sadly, The Prestige also has my least favourite musical score in Nolan's whole filmography. Oh, okay. He ends it on a bit of a bummer. I guess. But The Prestige, of course, a great choice. Check out our review last week, by the way. Uh, Luke said, Favourite Nolan film is The Dark Knight. It's a good movie. The actors are good. The music is seriously good. Four French horns on the right, four French horns on left, and they're up in in a gallery. Uh, Up way above the orchestra. Two notes, but the amount of expressiveness you can put into them. Uh, Repeat of an old joke, but a good joke nonetheless. I mean, I feel like repeating the old joke like lessens the goodness of the joke, you know? But I still appreciate it, Luke. Thank you very much for writing in. Um, and just by the way, when Han says the amount of expressiveness you can put into those notes, he's so right. He's so right. Um, all right, Jan, what is your favourite Christopher Nolan movie? Um, Dunkirk. I'm pretty sure I've said it before on the show when I rewatched it. Um, it's his most complete film. I think, you know, it's... Well, his most grounded film for sure because it's not sci-fi or whatever. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's one that I wholly vibe with, like in, in every aspect. Um, yeah, I don't know what more to say that because I'm pretty sure I've said talked about it before, and I'm just conscious don't want to step on my own feet and talk about talk about it again. But like, yeah, it's it's a uh, yeah, Dunkirk. Excellent, excellent, Fitzy. What about you? Well, I actually forgot about Tenet when I was talking about my favorites last week, but. I think I'd still, I think I'd still say Memento. I think Memento just has like a really fascinating structure and like the way each scene plays into that is really fun, but it's also like an extremely like dark film and I think it's really funny as well. It's just like, it's a great blend of all that stuff and like it's unique as well in his filmography. It's not um, like it's more of a personal film, I guess. Like it's it's more of a it's not a grand film about big ideas. It, it's just more, um, you know, more indie, I guess, more normal. So yeah, more normal, but still batshit crazy. <laughs> this is interesting. There's so much to dig into with Nolan, of course. Undoubtedly, my favorite filmmaker. And there's so many good choices. I feel like we represent different things in terms of what we like about Nolan films, which is interesting. You know, I, I see, I feel, I get the vibe, correct me if I'm wrong, I get the vibe that Fitzy digs the more, as he literally just said, like the more personal grounded, uh, lower budget stuff from him. I get the vibe Jaden's more in the middle and I feel like Dunkirk's a good uh, example of that answer. And I feel like for me, I'm all in on, like I love all these movies, but I'm all in on him doing the highest possible budget, grandest possible concepts. Like that's what I, – I, I love that stuff. And I don't know, man, like between so many good choices, I feel like The Dark Knight Rises is probably the most fun I have in a Nolan movie. It's just one of those action movies, superhero movies that I just can put on at any time and – not any time, but, you know, I can put it on and I just – I find it such a satisfying watch, you know, like I just – I find it so fun. I find like the score just hits and when the moments hit and the ending, it's all just, it all just is such a satisfying viewing experience to me. But in terms of like, I feel like his best film for me is probably Interstellar. I just feel like that's a movie that is so complete and I don't know, just it's awe inspiring to me. You know, it's, it's also one of my favorite movies. So, and I feel like it's like in terms of just, like the script and the way it's put together, I feel like it's a better movie than The Dark Knight Rises, you know. Um, so that's probably it's probably my answer. But God, there are so many 
There's so many choices. I feel like we sort of, oh, Inception's the only one that sort of wasn't mentioned really. Andy briefly brought it up, but other than that, we sort of covered a broad range of amazing choices. Insomnia was neglected as well, unfortunately. It was neglected, yes. Yes, that's a good point. Which is is one that's more personal, which is probably more Liam's LEA. Well, obviously, like, I like the grand scale films as well. I think if Memento wasn't, you know, so, like, well acted and the script wasn't great, then obviously it wouldn't be one of my favorites. But, um, like, Inception is a film that I used to really love. I've been watching it, like, a long time. So, that would definitely be up there. Tenant is obviously up there for me. So, you know, not Interstellar, but, you know, other grand films are, I do love from him. Sure. Yeah, yeah. All right. As always, we'd love you to submit your questions, thoughts, reviews for next week's movie in the YouTube comment section or send us a DM on Instagram or just hurry up and join the Discord for God's sake. Stop delaying. Uh, Next week, we're asking you, what is your favorite Spider-Man movie? Let us know. And uh, it's all very fitting because what are we wrapping up next week, Fitzy? Well, no, I guess we're not wrapping it up, but what are we doing next week? Spider-Man. Spider-Man 3. Sam Raimi on uh, Net- Netflix, right? So, yeah. Jaden's. Yeah. Do, I, do yeah. I rewatch this? Because it, it's been two and a half months since I saw it. I think it's mm. mostly gone from memory, but like, I feel like I can pick out key parts, but like, will rewatching it make me hate it more? Because I like, because of how much I remember <laughs> it? Or like. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like. It's your call based, of course, based on like how, how much did you feel like that hindered the previous Spider-Man discussions for you, you know? Like, if you feel mm. like you were getting by fine, then that's that's great. I don't know. However you feel about that. I, I mean, I, and I guess it has been an extra month since the last one as well, so I don't know if that contributes. Mm, maybe. But yeah, maybe, I don't know. Maybe really watch but it also But de- it also depends how much you despise it, you know? I'm, uh, Just hate watch it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm very intimidated by this, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. That's for sure. I've only seen it once in my life, so I'm, I'm very curious. All right, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you guys for joining me as always. Thank you everyone for listening, and we'll see you all next week. Have a great rest of, of your week and day, and goodbye. <laughs>